You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, 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 Davey Portman here from Up Next, postwrestling.com, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, wherever you find us, you can get us, just search Up Next. And I am here once again with Andrew Thompson. We, we have reunited the gang one more time. Davey has back. invited me back to the uh, the Up Next. The, the, the bridge is mended once again for the second week the in a row. The bridge is mended yeah back by popular demand we had our pilot episode last week and and it it looks like the network signed us on we, we're back for at least a, a second episode um that's yeah a lot, they, lot of they, positive they, feedback from last week i said they, they like the high rivalry man that's what they like the people like enemies oh, uh, go back and forth <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just building to the rumble andrew um <laughs> But yeah, uh, this we we kind of uh, didn't plan on on doing a second one. It was just going to be a one week thing. But I think with the announcement of Kenny Omega being back on Impact this week, and uh, as I said, we we got some positive feedback from you guys, which is is always lovely to hear. Um, and a bit of buzz going around with Impact with this Impact AEW invasion rivalry whatever you want to call it uh we thought we'd do another show this week so um before we get into things andrew how are you i am doing fantastic man i'm excited to be back on the podcast of course always a good time chatting with you my good man uh braden harrison forget you brother i just wanted to say that real quick because we we got beef but it's always good to be uh (laughs) back on the podcast man uh I'm, i'm excited about this show impact and this AEW crossover thing got me real excited about uh, pro wrestling, man. So I'm ready to dive into it. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, you've been giving the updates, obviously, on the website and on uh, John and Way's podcast as well. But Impact got 
pretty good ratings for Impact last week. And obviously mm-hmm. their their Twitch stream um, blew up last week when when Kenny was on. We we recorded a little earlier last week, so didn't quite have the numbers. But um, from week one, it, it looked like this experiment or whatever you want to call it did really well for Impact. Yeah, it really did. I know um, the the initial numbers from Access. Uh, I think they did uh, a, a little over uh, two hundred and twenty thousand viewers uh, last week coming coming off the Access show. And I know overall, like throughout all their platforms, uh, I think they touted about o- over seven hundred thousand viewers across multiple platforms. So they they did like extremely well because you know normally I'm pretty sure you know like you just uh, being in wrestling media and coming to news I'm pretty sure you know that impact doesn't normally chart in the in the in uh, Showbuzz Daily or Nielsen ratings like you don't normally see it you probably got to do like a deep dive to find it but they they've been charting over the past week and you know we we we're gonna see what the results are for uh, this the tonight's episode as well so it's gonna be interesting to see man I'm I'm excited about the whole thing and you know what they got going on and and, and the results that it, that it, that it could show. Uh, ratings wise yeah i think you always expect week one to to get a bit of a bump it's whether to see week two week three week four etc if they can maintain that and obviously after tonight they are going to take a little bit of a break um over the holidays but um it'll be interesting to see how they do come the new year leading up to these uh two pay-per-views they've got coming up mm-hmm. but Without further ado, let's go straight into the show. Impact Wrestling, December 15th, 2020, from the Skyway Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. And after all the hype from last week's show, Kenny Omega, Don Callis on Impact TV, we start with Caleb with a K, standing in the (laughs) ring in a pink suit with shorts. Um, Yeah, so Caleb with a K, uh, I believe this guy has... Uh, been the latest portrayal of suicide uh, this last year in Impact. But he's kind of uh, Tennille Dashwood's um, kind of... Lackey. Lackey, yeah, what what do they call it? Like a photographer, personal photographer. Um, And he uh, introduces Tennille Dashwood, calling her the influence, because her gimmick is like she's an Instagram influencer to the ring. Um, and Tanil comes out uh, to face Alicia Edwards. Now, her and Alicia had this kind of team going on. They entered the um, tag team tournament and lost. But Alicia was still pushing to kind of be a team. And they were talking about matching gear and music and all this stuff. But following the attack from Sammy Callahan to Eddie Edwards, Alicia realize there are more important things in her life to be worried about and is more concerned with her husband and this pissed off to neil dashwood and caleb with a k so now they've got this feud going on and the match is tonight kicking off the show uh the match starts with to pointing to kind of the the impact screen to distract alicia and immediately hits her with a forearm as she's distracted taking her to the mat Alicia comes back with a loose that says press, followed by this sent on to the back of Dashwood for a two count. Dashwood catches Alicia in the corner and slams her to the mat to pick up a near fall. And as Tanil has Alicia in the ropes, Caleb with a K is on the outside taking photographs with the phone and just taunting Alicia. Uh, Tanil continues to dominate for most of the match. He's applying a full Nelson, followed by a backbreaker. 
Alicia tries to fight back with a roundhouse kick, followed by a series of clotheslines and forearms before delivering a running bulldog and follows up with a pinfall. But Talisha kicks out. And this bit's a bit messy um, because, sorry, Tanil kicks out of the pinfall. But she kicks out and then Caleb pulls her out of the ring to kind of try and make the save. Um, Looked very sloppy, I thought. Uh, Alicia climbs to the top rope and jumps to the outside and Tanil pushes Caleb in front of her to take this crossbody. And then back in the ring, Tanil hits Alicia with the spotlight kick to pick up the win in five minutes, 13 seconds. Yeah, um, what were your thoughts of this opening match? Uh, it was it, it was an opening match, <laughs> but um, I mean, they, they, I, I think me and you kind of like we we dove into it last week as far as Tennille Dashwood. Like we, I think we both kind of were on the same line of thinking as far as like when when she initially made made that word return to Impact uh, over the summer. I believe I think the initial belief was she was going to be you know positioned as one of their main mainstays in the women's division, but then you know the position opened for Deanna Perrazzo, of course, and then she came in and just. And like did phenomenally well as Impact uh, Knockouts champion, it still is. But like just for this match overall, like I mean, it kind of seems like maybe they'll, they'll lean towards getting uh, Eddie Edwards more more involved in this, and kind of you know maybe he'll get some, something out of Caleb with a K. But you know he got his thing with Sammy Callahan going on as well. So I mean, it, it was a it was a good opening match, just a decent opening match to kick off the show. But uh, I'm not really that super invested uh in in Tennille dashwood and uh alicia edwards no um i i got a bit of heat last wednesday with Braden <laughs> because we were we we're pretty negative we were negative nancy's as people called us oh. about last week's nxt um and i hate to kind of continue that track but i thought this was terrible um <laughs> you've You've, you know you have eyes on your product. You have eyes on your product that aren't necessarily watching your product usually. And this is what you start with. You start with Alicia Edwards versus Tennille Dashwood. I'm, I'm sorry, this was not a hot opener. You, you turn on AEW and you get this cracking Young Bucks match or something just full of energy and life to kick off the show. You turn on Monday Night Raw and you have The Miz reading... A fairy tale reading the night before christmas it's and i feel impact this week took the raw blueprint rather than the AEW blueprint mm. i'm sorry but uh, alicia i i hate to kind of criticize but she's she's not good in the ring and this i think a lot of people hear about how fantastic the knockouts is <laughs> um, that, and people say, and I'm one of those people that say, wow, the Impact Women's Division rivals NXT. I think it's fantastic. This did not showcase it at all. I thought the, the spots with Caleb were sloppy. Um, it's just not a feud I'm invested in. I certainly wouldn't put it at the top of your show when people were tuning in, maybe going, oh, I wonder if we're starting with a Kenny Omega program. And you get this photographer wearing Pete pink shorts in the middle of the ring kicking it off uh, I, I thought I was, this was a miss I, I was about to chime in David let me uh let me, I, I wanted to ask you this uh get your opinion on this because like see, seeing as how um, the majority of this stuff outside of the Omega Swan um Good Brothers and uh Motor City Machine Guns interactions 
and I'm sure quite a few other stuff was that this stuff was already filmed and they had this stuff mapped out already heading into find, uh, Hard to Kill. So do you think the the television is going to be much different uh, come the next set of tapings? I mean, well, obviously it is, but like just kind of your thoughts about how th- things could get shifted around and how things may be better presentation wise all, all across the board from hour one uh, through hour two. Uh, once they get the next set of tapings rolling out and then, you know, we start to have more of this aw impact uh crossover and then maybe it starts infiltrating the women's division maybe i i would hope so yes i mean i think in hindsight um had you have known i i don't know how long this has been mapped out this yeah. is gonna make a thing it it's it's kind of clear that it was taped after these tapings mm. i think had you have known last week i'd have just main evented with the chris bay rich swan match and instead of on the pay-per-view, I'd have just put it on free TV last week. Mm. You know, you know, you, you're going to have a lot of eyes and you want to sell your product. That's what I feel they should have done. But obviously things were already in the can at that point. Um, but there's no reason why it's things are taped, but you could have easily just put the knockouts tag match kicking the show off, you know, mm. um, there were other things you had on this show that you could move around without it really affecting anything in my right. opinion no, no, I, think, um, yeah, I think that's a solid point right there I, I mean, now that you mentioned that of course hindsight being 2020 i think the knockouts uh tag tournament match uh would, would have definitely probably been the, the the match to kick off the show because it, it was a really good match uh between uh those four that was in that match yeah yeah and we'll, we'll get to that very soon after the match uh edwards and alicia are in the ring and we get sammy callahan's kind of hacking logo the lights all flicker you hear this static noise and callahan appears on the screen now eddie edwards and sammy callahan have been feuding for a very long time <laughs> obviously there was the, the spot a couple of years ago where callahan smashed eddie's face in with the baseball bat and they've kind of reignited their rivalry they they sort of redid that angle with the baseball bat a few weeks ago and they're, they're building up to one final big blow-off match. And Callahan says that it's time to put their rivalry to an end. Uh, he tells Edwards to take a few weeks off and enjoy the Christmas break with his family because it might be his last. Mm. And Callahan disappears off the screen, leaving Edwards in the ring, screaming that he wants to fight him now. Um, so I assume either... Uh, Genesis or Hard to Kill will get that final blow-off match between these two. I say because didn't didn't they announce? Uh, I don't know if I'm mistaken, but I I, I could have sworn they announced uh, Swan versus Eddie for January 5th, and I think that's along their uh, like along their holiday schedule uh, before. And I'm assuming that's before the next set of tapings. So I I, I, I saw I saw that graphic between Sammy and um and Eddie for for January 5th, and I think. Uh, genesis is the ninth and then hard to kill is the following okay. year so the first impact of uh 2020 yeah. yep uh, sorry 2021 um we go backstage and we see the motor city machine guns who are talking about their three steps to get to the tag team championship obviously these two return to impact wrestling over the summer uh won the impact tag team championships by defeating the north 
and recently lost it to the Good Brothers, but it was in a, a kind of multi-team match. So, um, sorry, no, they lost it to the North, who then dropped it to the mm-hmm. Good Brothers. Um, and they never got their rematch, but they were saying in order to get it, they've kind of got this three-step process. First, they need to take out Triple XL, which they did last week. Then they need to take out the North, and they basically say maybe the North are doing that by themselves because uh, Josh Alexander lost last week to Chris Sabin, and then at uh, the pay-per-view on Saturday, Ethan Page lost to Carl Anderson. So um, it seems like the North are destroying the North already for them. Yeah. So that leaves their their final goal, which is uh, the Good Brothers and to retain that uh, tag team titles. But with Doc Gallows being injured, they can't do that right now. So uh, Sabin challenges Carl Anderson to a match tonight uh, to kind of further their, their step towards the tag team championship. Uh, I always quite like these guys on the mic. I, th- I think they're a pretty solid promo and um, getting right off the start of the show, uh, quite a hot main event, I think. Um, Sabin versus Carl Anderson. I-, I was pretty excited to watch this one. Yeah, it was definitely a good match, and I'm pretty sure we're gonna uh, dive into that as we as as the, as the closing angle was was definitely a big one. But I I really did like Sabin's line uh, in this promo when he talked about there was only room for one machine gun in Impact. I was like, ooh, that was, that was a nice little 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 one liner right there. I, I like that a lot. But another thing I really enjoyed like within this whole segment, and I think it was more so. Um, Josh Matthews on commentary maybe after this segment like leading into the next the next uh the next match or segment uh he was like making a lot of New Japan references and I was like that that, that was something I was just like really enjoying and I'm, I'm and I know Impact has done that in the past like they're not afraid to talk about other companies or not, not necessarily afraid but they, they talk about everyone yeah yeah they, they talk about everybody but like it was just cool to hear like within this specific context you know what i mean like seeing these guys like get mentioned their g1 wins and uh being a former iwgb and a continental champion like just hearing it in this context while this crossover is going on it kind of you, you you it makes you think of other possibilities out there so i think that's always real cool i think especially now uh a fan is going to read into everything. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, if, if we weren't before this crossover was happening, I think now you're seeing that certain doors are open. Uh, fans are going to eat up any line, whether it be a New Japan reference, an ROH reference, an NWA reference, whatever. Um, and I think it, Impact are never afraid of teasing you. And they, they have a habit of teasing you with stuff that's never going to play <laughs> out as well. We then go to Kenny Omega's tour bus where we see Carl Anderson, Kenny and Don Callis just chilling. And Kenny's kind of getting Carl Anderson all worked up. He's saying, look, you you should be angry. Um, The machine guns have stolen your nickname. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he keeps calling him Gunner. And he says, "Uh, if I were you, I'd I'd go out there and do something about that. Go get him. And Anderson's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm going to go and get him. I'm going to go and get him. So he bursts back into the building from the parking lot, uh, passing his like nightclub bouncer they have guarding the door. And Rich Swan is still just trying to get to his car. The poor guy um, bumps into Rich Swan and Anderson asks him if he's seen the Motor City machine guns. Swan tries to get him to calm down and uh, is kind of teasing him a bit. He's like, hey, is it you who wants to see the machine guns or has Kenny told you to kind of getting at that 
uh, Kenny's pulling all of Anderson's strings. Anderson says that Kenny is his friend and he doesn't take orders from him, uh, but tells Swan to call Kenny champ. Like, show him some respect. He's the champ. Then the Motor City machine guns show up and say that they've heard that Anderson is looking for them. Um, and Anderson and Saban get into a bit of a confrontation and Anderson says he's going to knock him out and I'll see him later tonight in the ring. Mm. Man, I'm so, telling you. Like, like, so initially when I first saw this, I'm pretty sure you were thinking the same thing. You was like, it's probably going to be Good Brothers and Kenny versus uh, MCMG and Rich Swan somewhere down the line. And uh, like, I, I think this was a cool little tease that they had throughout the night and like i'm pretty sure like we talked about it earlier this is probably something that was filmed uh obviously after the the initial tape is happening so i'm, I'm glad they kind of spread this out throughout the show and i think it made for real good content to kind of build up to the final uh blow off which we'll get into i think it was a pretty good idea because last week obviously you had that kenny segment right at the end yeah. and you you saw the numbers kind of on twitch how it, it was in the in a few thousand and then by the kenny segment at the end it was in 50 plus thousand people watching that so and i have friends who kind of aren't particularly interested in impact but are wanting to see the kenny bits and by spreading it out through the night it kind of forces you to watch the whole thing so uh, I thought it was pretty clever, and I always like a storyline that goes through a whole show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought they did a good job here. I'm about to say, you and I, we, we also spoke about this uh, last week as well. For those of you who are listening who remember, we kind of did like a little mini deep dive into how the, the, the like just the arc of Kenny Omega's character has changed since he's been with Don Callis, and it's been really beneficial to Kenny. And you can tell he's kind of like just radiating off of Don Callis and like the the, the confidence, the on-screen confidence as far as like the promo work and character work is like really like showing as far as like what Omega, what Omega is doing. So like, again, they need to keep Omega with Callis. I think this needs to be a long-term thing. And I'm very excited about the possibility seeing as how Omega is back, uh, back with Gallows and... Um, and Anderson, and it's gonna be interesting to see how that kind of flips over in AEW, man. Like it's it's a lot of stuff to be excited about as far as this uh this partnership goes, and and, and just what it's just at like just the the overall beginning of of what's going on right now, and it's not even halfway through. Absolutely, absolutely. We go to self-proclaimed TNA World Heavyweight <laughs> Champion Moose, who. Enters all suited up, looking very fresh, uh, coming to the ring. And so Moose's story, it's kind of been that he uh, found the TNA championship during this kind of TNA throwback show they did. And he's just proclaiming he's the champion. Uh, he's the real championship. The TNA championship has more prestige than the Impact Wrestling Championship. It, it's kind of similar to the same gimmick Brian Cage has been doing with the FTW Championship on uh, AEW. Um, it's just this prop he's carrying around and trying to get people to recognize it and recognize him as the superstar he is. So he comes to the ring and he says that Willie Mack has not been medically cleared to compete in an Impact Wrestling ring for weeks. And it's all because of the hurt that he dealt out to him. Moose says that he respects Rich Swan and thinks he's a great competitor, but he should call up his friend Willie Mack and ask him what pain feels like. 
So Moose has been pushing, uh, going into uh, the pay-per-view last Saturday. He's basically set, being saying that he's going to challenge whoever the Impact champion is. And whether it be unify the titles or uh, be a double champion or whatever, that's what Moose is going to for. His, his vision is on the Impact Championship and therefore now it's on Rich Swan. But Willie Mack comes out, um, even though he's not been cleared and he's injured, and immediately security are holding him back. And Moose asks Mack if he really wants to make him angry. And Mack says that he's not angry at Moose. He's not even angry that Moose has been attacking him. What he's angry about, what pisses him off, is that the referee called off the match. He's annoyed that he never gave up and the referee made that decision for him. So he challenges Moose to an I quit match at Genesis. And then Mac comes into the ring. The two start to brawl. Security pull them apart. But Moose jumps in, punching Mac, knocking him to the mat. And as security pull Moose off, part of Moose's very lovely suit gets ripped. So Moose attacks the member of security before he leaves. Um, backstage, Gia Miller asks Moose what happened out there. And Moose says that he's tired of all these independent wrestlers who are looking for him opportunities. Just pulling back the curtain. These are never cops. These are never security. They're just independent wrestlers looking to make a buck, putting on a security T-shirt. And he's fed up of them, putting their oh hands on superstars. Hey. And he warns all this security, indie wrestlers, that they should never put their hands on him ever again. And if they do... They will get hurt. Um, a lot to unpack here. What, what were your thoughts? Let's start with uh, Moose's initial promo here. Um, what, what do you make of Moose? I know he's a pretty controversial um, performer. Um, On Twitter. His sort of person outside of the ring. He's someone for me that his character's really grown on me on the last in the last year. I, I find him quite entertaining to watch he's got a different style of promo he's not necessarily the most charismatic speaker but i think he has this sinister edge that kind of works for him and i do think he's got a presence and a star quality about him that a lot of the roster in impact don't have um what are your thoughts on that andrew yeah so definitely i was going to echo those same sentiments i definitely think moose has an on-screen camera presence that you know kind of really separates him from some of the impact ross and there, there, there are some there are quite a few uh quite a few names in impact that do have that on-screen presence but moose definitely is one of those names and like just from uh, uh well, first of all the match uh between him and willie mack the i quit match uh that's gonna happen at genesis i definitely think that's gonna be a, a really solid match like moose has a, like a a really decent track record in impact as far as like having these like hardcore type matches. I think he had one with Sammy Callahan at the, I, I think it was the hard to kill pay-per-view maybe last year, I believe it was, or, or it was with Eddie Edwards. I, I believe it was, but yeah, Moose has always done well in these hardcore style matches. Uh, no, no disqualification matches uh and you know I, I like that they brought up that he sort of took willie out i think that was on that uh no uh, mid-november episode of impact 
uh, when when they ended in the match via referee stoppage. And and another thing that I really liked about this was they like I, I like how Impact really kind of lets Willie Mack kind of flow his own way on the mic and let him find the emotion himself instead of trying to like pocket these little things in there where he when you want him to pick up his voice like I feel like it was very important for them to just let Willie Mack speak and then like let him come across that emotion on his own and you can tell he kind of did that he started to pick up the bass in his voice he started to get loud a little bit and then you know when to tone it down and when to turn it up and I think uh, Willie did a real good job of like really getting his promo over and you know solidifying his uh, his character's hate for Moose and uh, the 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 post the post the post segment promo about him <laughs> about him getting tired of independent wrestling that was hilarious but like again you know it kind of it kind of made me think like. What, what, like it, as let's say after this Willie Mac, uh, this Willie Mac deal happens um, on, on the ninth at uh, Genesis, like what, 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 what independent wrestling could could be next to get on Moose nerves? You, you know, who who knows what could happen? But I was uh, I was I was very pleased to see that Willie Mac was um, you know, the the just to see the the improvement in his promos and just see how he's kind of navigated this one and and it was organic. I I really like that. Yeah, it it did seem like a a line to kind of set up the debut of maybe a some indie wrestler who's coming into impact or or just like jobber of the week story <laughs> that moose kind of starts going through um I, it feels like with the kenny story the rich swan match is on the back burner now because it felt like it was the direction they were going for the next big pay-per-view. Mm. So they're, they're doing the the other match with Mac. I, I agree with you. I think I quit's a, a great stipulation for these two. Um, and I'm ready for Moose to face someone a little younger and a little better because he's been feuding with, what, Rhino, Tommy Dreamer, Ken Shamrock yeah. over the last year. Yeah, I'm kind of ready for to see him wrestle someone more more 2020 you know mm-hmm. um hey, i about to say Mac and, and maybe someone... that's that uh maybe that's that independent wrestler that he's referring to maybe they're looking into somebody who's like you know got a hot name right now who they're looking for moose to kind of bounce off of and he can have a, a really great match with absolutely and i think matt can be that guy too um i still want i need to get more out of mac um you you were saying that you you kind of got that emotion from him i i feel there's still stuff being held back and that hasn't quite been unlocked with him yet when it comes to his promo i think when you watch him in the ring i think he comes across very charismatic but i never quite get that with his promos and i think maybe it's maybe he's just this laid-back guy and that's kind of what he's trying to get across but the laid back guy never particularly gets me invested as a wrestling fan. Like I, I need a bit more oomph. Mm. Um, and I really hope Mac unlocks that at one point for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's a fair point. Uh, the prom- Yeah. Okay. So li- literally the last thing I said before we cut off was I was talking about Willie's specific promo. Um, it, 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 it like it, it was, I felt like this was probably, you know, probably one of the better ones that he's done and then that was when it was just yeah it cut off right after that okay i'll, I'll let you pick it up then and i'll i'll follow all right that's cool that's cool so you just want to get it going yeah okay cool so yeah basically uh this promo from willie mac it felt like this was probably more one of his better promos uh and, and his promo ability has been kind of up and down but like maybe like may, maybe this is probably where that you know that arc in his promo ability kind of comes in like just letting him feel 
the emotion that he that he feels while being on the mic. And and also I feel like Willie is one of those performers that's like he really benefits from the crowd. Like he's very not now I don't want to say super reliant on the crowd, but he really feeds off that energy like how most wrestlers do. But I feel like it kind of gives him that little bit of extra backing to have that that live energy, uh, you know, reacting and you know backing up what he's saying i'd agree with that i think he has a a good connection with the crowd people people naturally just like this guy and want to see him succeed um so yeah i i really just hope it comes all together for him because i am a fan of willie mack but i just see i see him being a bigger deal than he is and i feel he's been at this position now for quite a while and i i really think it is that promo that he needs to fix Mm-hmm. We go forward with Chris Bay and Rohit Raju, both coming off of losses from Final Resolution on Saturday. Now, we haven't really gone into the pay-per-view. Did you get a chance to watch any of it at all? Or did you see all of it from Saturday? And I, I saw clips of it. I did not get a chance to watch the show in full. Uh, I, I, did see, I did see Chris Bay in the, um, the Super J Cup tournament. That was very cool to see, man. So shout out to Chris Bay. He pulled off the, uh, the old Rick Rude. Putting on uh, two shows in one night, I believe it was the the final resolution the night. But it was that, that that was on the same night, correct? Oh yeah, there were so many people doing double duty that night. You had yeah. uh, Leo Rush uh, wrestling as Spider Man on one show in, in one Man. country, even and then uh, elsewhere. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the the main event, Chris Bay versus Rich Swan for the Impact Championship. Uh, I thought it was a very solid main event and one I was looking forward to seeing. So, But we've got both Chris Bay and Rohit Raju coming off of losses, and Chris Bay just starts taunting Rohit. Now, these two have a bit of history. Um, Chris Bay was uh, actually X-Division champion at one point, and Rohit Raju was uh, in his corner and kind of helping him win, but ended up stealing the championship from him and was using... Uh, Chris Bay all along. Uh, I think I've got that, that X Division Championships flipped around so much this year. I <laughs> I can't quite keep track, but yeah, it was Chris Bay was trying to use Rohit Raju, but in the end, it was Rohit using Chris Bay, and Rohit's had a little bit of a run with it now, losing it on Saturday. So Chris Bay comes in and is mocking Rohit for his loss at Final Resolution. And Rohit says that he isn't the only one to lose his match, but at least he gets a rematch, unlike Bay. And Chris Bay starts saying, well, look, we both know Manic, who took the title from uh, Rohit on Saturday. We both know it's TJP in a mask. And the rule is TJP wasn't allowed to challenge you for the X Division Championship. So if we can prove that TJP is in fact Manic you'll get your title back. So how about I, you come to the ring with me for my match later and you can try and help me remove the mask of Manic and that way we both win. So Rahit's like, okay, Mm. yeah, I get what you're saying and agrees to be ringside for his match later against Manic. Uh, What do you think of these two guys? I'm quite a big fan of both of them. Uh, Character-wise, I think they're both excellent. So uh, firstly, I got I got a uh, you know first kudos to Chris Bay for the for the ultimate finesse nickname because that came into play big right here. I think a lot of people kind of caught that he kind of re- he he really finessed his way into this 
back, back into the X Division title scene in a way because like, I think like initially when I saw this, the first thing I was thinking was he's about to use Rohit to help him beat uh, Manic, which is TJP, and then get himself an X Division title shot uh, at, at Hard to Kill and, and possibly get, yeah, get 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 involved in that three way because I think that's kind of the way that they're leaning right now is a three way between uh, Manic. Uh, and Rohit and and Chris Bay and then Chris Bay ended up getting the win anyway. So I think that was like they they really played into this this aura that Chris Bay has as far as him being able to sneak his way into certain situations and he kind of did that and he played Rohit even he, even though Rohit like I, I, like I, I thought that they were going I thought that Rohit was going to help him get a clean win over over TJP but they did they kind of did it the, the the DQ way where he ended up hitting Chris Bay which it you know led to him winning the match anyway so I, I think that was a clever way to kind of get Chris Bay back involved in the in the title scene especially because like you, you normally see it in, in some wrestling companies not all but like they kind of have trouble with building a talent back up after a big title loss so I think they did a real good job of like kind of sliding Chris Bay right back into you know that exhibition title scene where he you know it, it really seemed like he came off the off that loss to Swan and didn't really lose a step yeah, I, I found this quite entertaining. Both are sort of devious, scheming characters, but both trying to out-scheme each other. Uh, I thought it was quite <laughs> fun here. We go to another paid advertisement from AEW. We see Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone, um, who say that it's great to be on cable access TV. And if we stay tuned after the show, we will get a city council meeting. Tony Khan says it's nice to be on Impact's program and help fund them with these paid commercials. Khan says that he likes seeing Omega on Impact and he's not going to slap an injunction on him for breach of contract because he thinks he's one of the two best wrestlers in the world along with John Moxley. And Khan says that Callis says he came to Dynamite to teach him a lesson, but he didn't teach him anything. Khan came away with one of the best ratings of the year and is getting free advertisement for Impact every time Omega shows up on TV. So Callis' plan really isn't working here. Shivani says that he doesn't even know where to find Access and says that when he searches for Access, his TV says, dude, why? They both then go on to promote all of the matches tomorrow night on Dynamite and Shivani says that he even asked... Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. Remember when Impact had fans when it was called TNA? And they both replied, <laughs> no, we don't. Khan then invites Callis back to Dynamite tomorrow and says that he will teach him some lessons about the wrestling business. Um, very entertaining once again for the from these two. Um, the shots were a lot less subtle than last week. A lot more on the nose, like very obvious digs here, mocking... Um, even the very channel they're on. They're mocking access, they're mocking impact, they're mocking lack of fans. Uh, what did you think of this, the the second time we've seen one of these on impact? I, I, I love the overall progression of it. Like, like, as you mentioned, it was very like, you know, some some things that you would have to catch uh, in, in last week's promo. And it was very like, you, you know, just some, some things that you would have to like, oh, let me, let me go back and listen to that. But this one was like just straight in your face. Like they was straight up clowning Impact. And I know I've overly clown Impact about the, the being on the Access channel and, you know, being, <laughs> that, that channel being hard to find uh, and hard to get. But like, I, I think one of the one of the better transitions was them uh, talking about Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels' match on Dynamite tomorrow. 
and then them saying that they were the two best wrestlers in, <laughs> in impact in, in impact history man so I'm, I'm i'm really liking this whole uh that dynamic that they got going on and then you know of course scott demore he's he's fine doing this uh sending his shots back on social media but what, what, what do you think is the maybe the end game in, in this specific instance? Do you think maybe they do something with Tony Schiavone and Josh Matthews on commentary? Do you think that we'll get some type of I, – I, I, I can't see Tony Khan trying to get – like. I mean, he's already on screen, but like I, I can't see him doing some like you know live segment with Scott Demore or something like I can't see that happening. But like, do you think maybe we'll get some interaction between uh, Tony Schiavone and, and and Josh Matthews maybe for uh, maybe for that interpromotional match at uh, Hard to Kill? Oh God, don't 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 say that. I, I'm enjoying this feud. <laughs> don't don't promise me a Tony Schiavone Josh Matthews feud. No, um, <laughs> I want this to kind of be it. I. I I hate feuds in commentary because it it always detracts from the in-ring work when you're just getting the bickering going on. Like I mean you could have Tony has to step in to like fill in Madison Rain's shoes one week or something like that. I don't want to see that. What what I would prefer is now Scott Demore has similar kind of advertisements on Dynamite and gets his shots back in because uh, Demore is very, very entertaining. Uh, I think he could mm. totally pull it off. I kind of don't want to see it progress more than this because as soon as you're getting office people taking too much TV time away from the talent, that's when you, in the right. past, you really turn people off. Um, I think I preferred last week's more. Last week's was more was the... Um, backhanded compliments where whereas this was a lot more hey impact your shit <laughs> like it was very on the nose <laughs> enjoyable though um yeah but i think i feel a bit bad for impact now and i i think that's how we're meant to feel they, so I, I do want to see they, impact they, get a bit of uh revenge on dynamite tv they they, they really are getting clown and like i, I think we starting to we started like, cause, like we, we haven't seen any like in any rebuttal of substance from impact yet like well of course we've seen the social media days but like it it just means more when you when you have it happening on a television show so i think maybe they need to get some like if, if they're planning to go this route of just you know some type of back and forth with these pay uh advertisements then you know i think that's the way to impact the way for impact to go to i think you brought up a great point about them having some more dynamite and uh yeah i like the the, the tony Schiavone and josh matthews thing was just an idea uh, now, now that we kind of, you know, now that I'm minutes off from saying that, it don't sound. It was a bad idea, like Andrew. Idea. It, it, <laughs> it don't sound like the best idea at all. But like, not, not necessarily like a, like a feud between them two. Like maybe just something on commentary, like you know, but not over dragging it. But like you know, little subtle uh, digs at each other every once in a while. But like not taking away from the match. But you know, I, I think that's a that's a stretch. So we we we, we gonna let that stay where it's at in the imagination. Um, I think that's okay. If it's for a segment, like when you have Taz come on commentary for a Team Taz match or or even Callis coming on commentary for the Kenny matches, I don't mind that. But I, I don't want a whole show of just Tony and Josh Matthews <laughs> going back and forth. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, but no, no, but but see, but see, when I, like when I was kind of getting that was like with the this interpromotional match that we got coming up, that that's kind of like one of the oh, things I, I was I'm with you. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
um yeah you that, you that, could that, do that, that. that that's what i was like specifically mentioning like the anti-promotional match like not of course not for i like i don't want to hear that for the whole show but like i was thinking like just because we got this informational match of course you're gonna want aw representation and you're gonna want impact representation and i was like you might as well combine one of the two like would you rather have jim ross and josh matthews on commentary uh dave no (laughs) (laughs) no yeah uh, yeah i i could see that actually you're you're right i think for that match um you you should have some sort of AEW representation and and shivani's probably the right guy to do it we go to our first of three eric young and cody dina vignettes this is films sort of cinematic style we're in a prison we've seen eric young use these uh promos before for for previous pay-per-views and it's eric young just talking about sickness and disease he says he's really familiar with disease as he lost his mother to it and he says you can't talk down or reason or even buy sickness it has to be removed and it has to be destroyed he then says that he sees what the true sickness was and the camera pans to see Cody Dina, who is kind of sat at an interview table and he's got his hands on the desk in handcuffs. And Young says that he is going to baptize Dina in the holy water of change. Um, I think maybe let's move on and just talk about all three of these vignettes in one go when we talk about the last one, if that's OK with you. Yeah, cool. Man. Uh, we go to our next match of the evening: Chris Bay versus Ro. Uh, sorry, Chris Bay with Rohit Raju versus Manic. And as soon as the bell rings, Chris Bay jumps Manic in the corner um, and is just beating down. At one point, Bay runs into the corner, but Manic moves, uh, throwing him chest first into the turnbuckle, allowing Manic to capitalize with a head scissors, followed by a torch rack submission. Manic sends Bay to the outside and follows with a plancher. Um, we get great back and forth between these two. At one point, Manic is draped across the second rope and Bay hits an elbow drop off the turnbuckle to the back, which looked pretty cool. Uh, Manic makes a brief comeback and hits uh, Bay with a spinning elbow to the back of the head. At one part, point, Bay goes for the art of finesse, which is his like os cutter, but Manic scouts it. And then Manic crawls under the ring and both Chris Bay and Rohit are looking very confused. The referee starts counting and Manic comes out the other side of the ring, climbs to the top rope, hits a cross body and follows up with the Benadriller as he's staring a hole through Rohit on the outside. Bay then hits Manic with an undetected low blow. Rohit comes in the ring as the referee is distracted and tries to remove the mask, but the referee turns around and catches him. Then Bay starts shouting at Rohit, asking him, what are you doing? And this pisses off Rohit, so he attacks Bay from behind, causing the referee to call the disqualification, and therefore Bay defeats Manic via disqualification in 6 minutes 51 seconds. And after the match, you see... Bay is kind of pretending to sell the attack from Rohit, but is smiling as it looks like it was his plan all along to get the DQ win. Andrew, what were Man. your thoughts here? So I, I, I think it was a solid outing from uh, TJP and Chris Bay. 
Um, yes, in, it, it's in, like, worth reiterating that, I, that TJP is playing Manic here. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I've got to clarify that. Yeah, we, uh, but we, we, uh, we, we mentioned that uh, earlier. Before we, we did, uh, we did. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I think it was a solid outing for from from Chris Bay and Manic, and uh, yeah, I, I think this is the direction they're probably going to go for the kill. I think they're going to end up going a three way. I think we're going to get uh, Bay, um, Rohit, and and Manic, and probably soon, probably they, they'll reveal him as TJP at the event or, or, or after the event. At some point, but I, I think this was a good way to go. They really played up the ultimate Vanessa character, that ultimate Vanessa nickname uh, that that surrounds Chris Bay, and that is Chris Bay. So I think this is a clever way to get there, and I, I'm interested to see how they kind of, you know, f- further build upon this as we get to as we get closer to the Hard to Kill, which is like four or five weeks away. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that three way. Um, this match, I, I think. There, there's better out of these two. I, I found the end. Um, you can see what they're doing. It, it's playing into the the sort of story between Bay and Rohit. Um, but by the end of the match, uh, end of the night, we had so many disqualifications and and distraction finishes that it was getting a bit frustrating. And I never felt that the match completely got going. We we did have a commercial in the middle there, which broke it up. Um, I, I think there's definitely a better match in these with these two down the line uh but this is yeah. to drive the story forward and and these two it's it's chris bay and tjp you, you know they're going to put on a good match there yeah definitely um i i, I think like may like you know I, I do agree with your point that it should have i, I would have preferred that bay use rohi to get a clean win over manic i think that would have been maybe better instead of get another disqualification but you know th- this is the way to go and maybe you don't want to pin your ex division champion right after they just won the title. So I mean, you you had you had to pick or choose like one. Either you pin your ex division champ right after you know they won the title, or you kind of just go the DQ route. I mean, it's kind of you know you pick and choose which one you want to have. I, I think it was going to be either positives and negatives coming out of either one. Yeah, yeah. We go forwards with Ethan Page finding Josh Alexander backstage, and uh, these two are going through a little bit of a. A possible breakup. You had Ethan Page cost Josh Alexander the match against Chris Sabin last week. And then this weekend at Final Resolution, um, Ethan Page lost to Carl Anderson and uh, kind of Josh Alexander looked really upset about it. And Ethan Page was promising him, I- I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix this. So Ethan Page finds Alexander and is promising him that he's he's got a plan and he's going to fix this and they'll get them that number one contender shot again and alexander says look you you're my best friend and your brother but we can't be a team right now um you need to focus on yourself and sort yourself out and kind of then we'll talk and page says we will always have your back and alexander's like we and he's like yes we um they're they're doing this thing that um ethan page kind of has all these personalities so now they're they're kind of playing it up a lot more with uh with page saying yeah we are gonna have your back we then have brian myers enter and suggest to josh alexander that maybe they should be a tag team because um He's won the Tag Team Championship before. He said he's won it in front of 82,000 people. And he's even won the Impact Tag Team Championship before. 
Um, and Alexander replies by saying that he would rather kick his ass than be his tag team champion, uh, tag team partner. Looks like a bit of a babyface turn from Josh Alexander here, I thought. And in a sense, Ethan Page too. But I feel we're meant to be on Alexander's side here, being frustrated by um, by his partner. And also Brian Myers has been positioned as a, a proper heel in this company. So yeah, look, looks like a bit of a baby face turn from Alexander is what I got. Yeah. Uh, do, do, let me ask you, do you buy Josh Alexander's a baby face? I, I just can't see it. I can't see it. Like, I mean, I, I can see the direction they're going and I can see how within the, the specific story and the characters involved, how he can be the baby face. But past this, can you see Josh Alexander being like a longstanding baby face? it doesn't really suit his style i mean ethan page is much more the promo guy and i think ethan page is someone that could could work either way as a baby face or a heel um i i don't see josh alexander as a singles guy working as a baby face as a tag team yes i think they could um, hey, but he, he he's a heel, man. You can, like that's just, that's just everything ooh, about his style and everything. It's just he's he's a bully, yes. right? He's a he's a thug in the ring, um, but, so it doesn't quite work. But I'm not totally against if these guys get back together having a babyface North run. I think that would work. Yeah, but definitely. I did, and for those uh, who who are maybe getting their uh, uh, their, their early glimpse at the uh, the Karate Man gimmick, let me just tell you this. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, who's a part of the Impact Wrestling team, he thinks this gimmick is the greatest thing ever. So, do not be surprised if this is the, if this is not going to be the. Well, this might not be uh, the last time that you that you will see the Karate Man on screen because Tommy Dreamer is absolutely in love with this version of uh, of Ethan Page. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're back in Kenny Omega's bus, and Carl Anderson is upset by the disrespect from Rich Swan. And Omega says that Anderson is the G1 2012 finalist and calls Swan mm. Rich the Bitch. They then kind of <laughs> fire up Anderson again, tell him to go out there. So Carl leaves. And then Omega's still there and he says to Callis, look, I, I'm actually quite pissed off. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to let Rich Swan get away with this disrespect. Um, so showing that now Kenny seems a bit a bit more motivated in impact wrestling doesn't want to just hang out there but he he maybe has a bit more of an agenda which will come into play later tonight a- anything to say about this segment or shall we shall we move forwards we can move forward we're gonna save our thoughts for the, uh, the save our thoughts ending. for the end yeah we go to a semi-final match for the knockout tag team tournament kira hogan and tasha Steele's versus Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary. Now, kudos on this match. Kudos. Yes. Kudos. <laughs> uh, Tasha Steels and Val- uh, Taya Valkyrie start the match and Taya immediately takes Tasha down with a crossbody. She starts taunting Kira in the corner uh, before slamming Steels for a two count. Rosemary gets tagged in and they do a bit of double team action, Irish whipping Rosemary into the corner to take out Tasha before delivering an exploder suplex, which I, I always think Rosemary hits pretty well. Uh, Kira gets tagged in, but immediately gets hit with a sidewalk slam. As the referee is distracted, Steels, who is on the apron, hits a roundhouse kick to Rosemary, and this allows Kira Hogan and Rosemary to get the advantage for quite a while. They're now isolating Rosemary in the corner. 
um, making quick tags to each other, beating her down. At one point, Rosemary uh, hits her like tarantula move over the ropes and tries to make it in the corner, but Kira runs round to pull Tyre off the apron. Uh, then Tasha jumps off the top rope to try and hit Rosemary with a move, but misses. She rolls through and gets hit by the spear, allowing Rosemary to tag Tyre in. Uh, Tyre hits Hogan with a beautiful-looking blue thunderbomb, and at this point, Diona Perazzo and Kimber Lee come out and just attack Rosemary on the outside. Uh, Kira tries to capitalize by rolling Tyre up with a schoolboy, but Tyre kicks out. And then Perazzo delivers a flatliner to Rosemary on the stage. And as Tyre is checking on her partner, Kira hits her with the cradle neckbreaker for the win. Um, I thought yeah, this man. was one of the best matches on the show tonight. Um, solid action between these four. I think both these two are, have really gelled. Both these two teams have really gelled as a team. Um, so I thought this was a really entertaining match um uh, you seem to be pretty high on it as well <laughs> yeah i definitely think it was one of the better matches of the night uh kick here and tasha man they they really bounce well off each other and i think that just comes from like I, I think these pairings tag teams they always work better when the two are like genuinely friends off screen yes. and you can tell they are you can just tell by the interactions on social media as well and you know how they speak of one another in interviews like they're, they're genuinely friends and that comes off very well on screen and they work together very well in the ring. And I think uh, maybe this loss probably frees Taya Valkyrie up to venture off into the knockouts uh, title picture because maybe that like it, it doesn't seem like there was anybody that was really there for Deanna. Uh, but now you you had this you know this thing there with Taya that's evident there she cost her the, the title match so uh, that will cost her the tournament match so maybe that's gonna be Deanna's future for Hard to Kill um, and and you know just speaking specifically on uh, Kira and Tasha man I'm I, I like I, I think we said it last week that we both kind of agreed that maybe they were the safe pick to uh, run with the, uh, the 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 knockouts tag titles to get that first that first run and have Jazz do the honors. Um, and, you know, have that sympathy uh, baby face type thing. But I think people will be happy for Kira and Tasha overall. Yeah, uh, th these are my pick to win. I can see Jazz wanting to put these two over as well. Um, yeah, uh, I think they're fantastic. Uh, I think there's, again, like like there's a kind of theme tonight. There's better out of these four. Um, I found the the interference again quite annoying. I know it's to set up stories, but the referee looked so fucking dumb because this was just like the the beat down they were doing on rosemary for so long like surely he heard something like it wasn't he was taken out or anything it was mere feet away from him and he was fucking clueless the the, the fans distracted him the fan noise well, it wasn't even no fan noise it was the, the invisible crowd distracted him yeah yeah it's silent there there's no one there um it just kind of irritated me especially when we've had similar finishes for the rest of the night um i, I do think though i think you're completely right with tyre moving into that uh challenger role for diana and i think we, we were talking about seeing josh alexander as a baby face which we can't quite see i think tyre over the last couple of months has really transitioned herself into quite a an entertaining baby face and it, it's been quite yeah. a slow turn but it seemed very natural and i think she's actually fitting the role really well because it's 
a character who was very unlikable for a long time. And, I mean, that's how she was meant to be. She was the heel. But I think this strange pairing with Rosemary has actually done her a lot of good. And I do buy her as a babyface now. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, and for, just to commend her on her um, her singles run as the, as a heel and knockout champion, that lengthy reign that she had, I think she did a really solid job of uh, re- re- really like locking in on the Impact Women's Division and like kind of, I don't want to say carrying it because she had a lot of contributors uh, alongside her as well. But she she was like, you know, she she was the face of that division for, for quite a long time. And I, I think she is very believable as a baby face. And then going up against Deanna, who's been like re- really doing a solid job as well ever since uh, recapturing the knockout title. And even before when she had her initial run, I, I'm interested to see the dynamic between these two going forward as we inch closer to like harder kill and, um, you know, it, 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 like you said, Impact's women's division is like really, 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 really good, and they have a lot of key pieces that can roll around. And I'm interested to see how everybody else kind of filters out um, post this knockout tag title tournament because because well, most of the division or some of the division was kind of uh, t- taking taking part in this. And I'm interested to see how Jordan Grace kind of comes into the fold. Maybe you can get a match out of Jazz again. You never know, like what what, what could happen. So it, it's gonna be cool to see how things kind of go forward but yeah I, I definitely think Taya has done a solid job as a baby face over the past couple months we're back at prison with Eric Young and oh. Cody Dina and uh Eric Young tells us that as a child he always liked happy stories uh he says that they would ha- help us feel better but in actual fact they were all lies lies that hid us from the truth Young tells us that professional wrestling is sick and he is now talking to Cody Dina and tells him that Dina gave everything for his love of pro wrestling. And he is waiting for it to give back to him, but it never has. He tells Dina that a disease cannot give back, a sickness cannot give, and it cannot provide, it can only take. The parasite has latched onto you and you could never see it. And as he says this, Joe Doring steps out of his prison cell. To be continued, we'll be back at prison a little bit later. But moving on, we have your favourite, Andrew, and apparently everyone's favourite. David, can I take the reins on this one, brother? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) First of all, how many tweets have you had about this guy this week? (laughs) Man, I'm telling you. This is probably one. Well, th- th- just so everybody can know who we're talking about. Firstly, uh, K- Kira and Tasha were celebrating their win because they're going to the finals in the knockouts uh, tag title tournament. And uh, the, the on the other side of the bracket is going to be Jordan Grace and uh, Jazz versus Nevaeh and Havoc, and th- that'll round out the finals that is going to take place at Hard to Kill. But uh, as Tasha and Kira when they're celebrating, they were met by uh, the swingman Johnny Swinger, who, <laughs> who uh, rudely, of course came in and said, are, are you two Brizards ready to party? And Kira and Tasha were not happy with that at all. They told him to get his old ass out of the room. They were not happy with his statements. And uh, jo- Johnny Swinger apparently, uh, I'm, I'm assuming he stole something out of Tasha's fanny pack. And he yeah. called it the, uh, what, what he, called, <laughs> he called it the, um, what, what, what the kayfabe compartment. The, the kayfabe <laughs> So... Yeah, we've had this ongoing story for months now. It, it started off with Rhino and Hernandez arm wrestling um, for money. And this kind of role of money has been just hopping around the whole Impact roster, people stealing it off of each other. 
and Kira and Tasha Steele stole it from Falabar the other week and Tasha has been in charge of it but has been keeping secret from Kira where it's been and she's saying, look, I don't know where it's gone. I think it's stolen from me. And she tells Kira to check her fanny pack. It's like, look, it's not in there. But she stupidly left the fanny pack behind and Johnny Swinger, being a lover of fanny packs, decides to upgrade to this fancy gold number and, yes, finds the kayfabe compartment, which I think was brought up, was it last week, where he had his essentially steroids he was hinting at yes um but yeah johnny swinger seems to be a big fan we got a lot of feedback from our review last week being like hey glad you love johnny swinger too so bro, people this, come this for kenny omega like, and stay for johnny swinger clearly bro this dude is like legit hilarious like just these like old school like old school sayings that he has in the mannerisms and just this like carny like attitude that he has towards the other wrestlers though it, it is hilarious man like and and i think this is kind of the perfect role for him and you know kind of filter him in and out throughout these comedy segments and obviously uh you know I, i'm glad they don't kind of like overdo it you know they kind of keep him like one segment per week like maybe a segment and a half here and there like but i, I like that they kind of like they, they they don't try to overdo it because i feel like once you like and you can even you know not to switch too much but you can kind of see it with uh wwe and how they're doing matt riddle like obviously somebody oh, thinks yeah. he's funny so he's like in every other segment saying something that they think is funny and you know to it's up to you decide if, they, if you think that's funny or not but you know it, you, you i'm glad that impact isn't like overdoing the swinger thing because he legit is funny so i'm glad that there's not like every other segment begins some johnny swinger thing I felt they were at one point overdoing it with Johnny Swinger, kind of beginning of the empty arena thing. He seemed to be in everything, mm. but that they have the right balance of him now. And I want a lot less of him in the ring and just more segments like this. Yes, I'm absolutely fine with. We yes. go to our next match, Josh Alexander versus Brian Myers. Um, it starts off. It's very, uh, a very heavy hitting match between these two. Alexander tries to take the advantage on Myers, uh, sorry, Ethan Page comes out um, to support his friend, his tag team partner. But Myers grabs him and runs him headfirst into the ring post, taking him out. And as Myers is doing this, Alexander tries to take the advantage on a distracted Myers and takes him down. But um, there's a lot of back and forth here. Alexander hits a big boot and attempts to hit his Tiger Driver 98 the butterfly driver, whatever you want to call it. But Myers fights out and Myers then sets up for his clothesline. But Ethan Page comes in dressed as the karate man and uh, causes the disqualification uh, in three minutes, 31 seconds. Not much, much of a match here at all. Um, I, I actually quite enjoyed what I saw. I thought they worked quite a hard style. Um, but this was all to set up the return of the karate man who takes out Myers with a series of karate style kicks and karate poses. And at the end, Josh Alexander just stares at Ethan Page because he's frustrated that he cost him the match. So more dissension between yeah, so this team. I'm, I'm going to say that I, I was not a fan at all of this 
this whole ordeal i i, I just couldn't I, I couldn't i couldn't get into it like i tried to like try, try, try to like see some positives in it but like I, I felt like it was better ways to go about it like but i mean like just josh alexander like i mean and like i said earlier him within this specific storyline i think is going to work just with ethan page kind of being like the annoying tag team partner that's trying to make amends but he's kind of like losing himself and he doesn't know how else to uh get back in josh alexander's good graces so he's just going all out and and, and lashing out and you know, i can see josh alexander just getting frustrated and the people rooting for him automatically and then you f- find some way to fit brian myers in there but like it, it's like man like again outside of this how is this going to benefit josh alexander with him in his in-ring style and him with his look just being coming off as a natural hero i just don't see it working i just wasn't a fan of, again of another no d of another dq finish uh on this show so man I, i'm it, 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 they, they they got some convincing to do as far as like this josh alexander thing goes and you know just to like and, and Ethan Page, like I think we all know, he's openly stated that his contract with Impact is up at the end of the year. So you know, I, I think it's better ways to kind of tell a, a story of somebody possibly exiting, maybe staying, or a tag team possibly breaking up, or maybe staying together. Like I think it's better ways to present it opposed to the uh, the goddamn Karate Man uh, coming in and causing a DQ. Yeah, I I completely agree. This. This turned me off the show, to be honest. Um, mm. I, I'm i not mass, a massive fan of Brian Myers, but I, I actually thought these two were working a style I could get into. And then after just three minutes, you get another DQ. Literally every match in this show has a distraction or a DQ for the finish. And I'm just like, can I just get a wrestling match, please? Um, and then it's just the... It's the stupid shit that makes you embarrassed by wrestling. You know, when, when people ask you, why do you watch it? That's dumb. And you, you try and justify, oh, no, it's more than that. And then this is always the segment that someone would come in and watch and be like, no, this is dumb. You know, a dude comes in dressed as a karate uh, karate man. I, I, I love Ethan Page. I, I even feel you can do these kind of his alter egos thing, but you don't need to do it as on the nose is just dressing up as someone different you know it yeah this like, is frustrating i better say you want to know something like that because like I, I feel like when, when people hear what you just said they'll try to come back on the on the on the, on the notion that well how, like how, how do you enjoy johnny swinger but like you don't enjoy the karate man like and and you know i think it's another one of those things just in professional wrestling where certain stuff appeals to certain people and some stuff doesn't the karate man on tv doesn't necessarily appeal to me like it just doesn't it it doesn't click and maybe it does to certain people for me and obviously for you like it just didn't click within this circumstance within this certain story like maybe in any other story maybe if it was just a strictly comedian comedic segment maybe it would fit but like you're trying to tell the story of josh alexander being extremely frustrated and i mean maybe it maybe in some some ways it kind of works like with you continuously like annoying Josh Alexander to the point where he may snap, but like at the same time, I felt like, it, like, it, at least let him get the win, or at least have some type of direct finish to the match, opposed to Ethan Page like creeping up under the ring and like him just staring at the uh, staring at the wall, uh, like and him just being confused as hell about like what just 
what what just occurred or in this trance of, of some sort. Like it, it just it, it was like kind of corny and I wasn't feeling it and I, I didn't think it came all well. No, I I completely agree, Andrew. We go to our final Eric Young and Cody Dina uh, vignette. Eric Young says that all he is offering is the truth, nothing more. He tells Dina that he thought uh, his smiles were real and he thought that all the laughs and cheers Dina got from the crowds were real, but he's wrong. He says that people were laughing at him, not with him. He tells Dina that he has a disease and everything kind of Eric Young saying Dina is now repeating. So he's like, they weren't laughing at you with you. They were laughing at you. And Dina repeats this. Young says that Dina's purest form is in the holy water of change. He tells him that he is no longer sick and that he is awakened. We then see uh, Cody dripping with water as if he's been like baptized and reawakened. Young now tells him that he is free. And Cody looks down at his hands and sees that the handcuffs are no longer there. Young tells Dina that the world doesn't belong to them. It belongs to us. Okay, Andrew, um, are you a fan of these segments? Um, I I thought they were shot very well. I thought they performed very well, but I I can't but, say but, but, this is really but, for me. David, it, it just didn't click, man. Like it's like like it like. Man, look, hey, Jake, maybe this, this is the beginning of the Jake something singles push, which I think has been long overdue. Like, I think he's like, he's always kind of, when you see the Deaners, he was kind of always the one that you immediately kind of gravitate to. Like, so, I mean, maybe this is the, maybe this is this some positive coming out of this. And, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to do something with Cody Deaner. And again, maybe it applied, maybe it appeals to people, but it just did not click to me at all i wasn't a fan of this whole ambiance thing that they had going on with the prison and all that stuff i mean and it, it's like you you know I, I remember you said something last week where you were like um eric young has kind of been hit hit or miss for you as far as since he came back like some stuff has been good some stuff has been kind of eh and like I, I feel like this one is kind of like one of those misses but you know i think a positive out of this is that we're probably going to get Jake something just maybe doing away with this Deaner thing and kind of like honing in on a character that could be like maybe they just let him be Jake something on TV or maybe they just call him Jake or some, something like that like maybe they just but but I think the the best thing out of this is that they kind of slowly move him away from this whole Deaner thing that's kind of been surrounding him for the past uh, several years or however long he's been with Impact yeah um the thing it's it all sounds very impressive what young is saying but i feel it just lacks substance it's bray wyatt mumbo jumbo to me he's mm. uh, when he re- returned in slammiversary what was that august earlier than yep. that maybe july. and july july well yeah yeah so yep. it we're talking five months coming up to six months of eric young just talking about disease and my world and all this but what are you saying what is it you want i i don't understand his his agenda at all and this all looked very nice i thought he delivered his lines very well i thought cody dina looked very committed to it and played his part well joe during looks 
scary in a prison cell, but it all means nothing to me. That And that's the problem. And I, I don't see where you're going with it. Um, and unfortunately, I, I'm with you. We, I think we're going to a Cody Dina versus Cousin Jake feud, but with Eric Young being a sort of semi-main eventer in... I mean, he was just the world champion. I don't see Cousin Jake coming out on top in that, which is a shame because I feel he should be mm. your your focus, but I just don't have faith that that's the direction they're going to go. Um, I am about to say, maybe they believe that Cousin Jake does have more... Cousin Jake, Jake something. Cousin Jake has more upside, and maybe they feel like... They, like I, I feel like, you know, if, if I was looking at it from you know their perspective, like I see Jake something as the more valuable option, and I feel like with Cody Daner, he's the more fragile as far as character goes. Like if, like I think if he were to go and just jump into something with with, with cousin Jake and then lose, it would just be like, okay, Jake's the star that he's obviously the star of the pair, yeah. and then. Cody kind of fades off into the background. So, like, I, I do feel like if they were to have a single smash with Eric Young being involved, it would probably be uh, uh, Cody coming out with the win just because he needs it more than Jake. Like, Jake has this uh, one of those things kind of like Moosey as a star presence when you see him on screen, just the size and the look. And of course, his in ring ability. And then Cody is the kind of not, it, it doesn't match up. So, yeah, he. In, in in this feud that they are going to do a singles match, man, uh, Cody definitely needs it more than Jake. And uh, I can kind of see, you know, your, your point right there as far as like how this thing could turn out. We have Tommy Dreamer backstage. Um, he's approached by AC Romero. Now at Final Resolution on Saturday, Tommy Dreamer defeated Larry D, which meant that Larry D had to go to jail for shooting <laughs> John E. Bravo. Yes, you heard that right. That was the stipulation. Um, AC Romero says that he's known Larry D since they were kids and knows that he was set up. Larry D wouldn't do that. So Dreamer suggests that Romero goes and proves it. The camera pans and we see Rhino giving like a pep talk to Cousin Jake. And Tommy Dream approaches them and asks them, if they're afraid of Eric Young and Joe During, both these guys over the last few weeks have been attacked by Young and During. And Rhino says that they aren't afraid of anybody. So Dreamer suggests that they go and do something about it by ending oh, them. So Good old six-man tag. Yeah, I, I guess that's <laughs> where we're going. And I think that's, yeah, that, that's the match where hopefully they go in the direction with pushing cousin jake here or jake something and and move him up the ro roster a bit as as more of a single star but we've already kind of uh set our doubts there would you uh would you bank on this match probably happen at genesis it sounds like a genesis uh, match, match yeah yeah you could <laughs> and then maybe do what like um jake versus young uh, at at Hard to Kill or uh, Jake versus Dina or, or is that just not big enough to really put on the pay-per-view? I mean, that's the direction uh, honestly, they're going. Honestly, I, I, don't, I don't think Jake uh, Jake versus Eric Young sounds like a bad idea at Hard to Kill. I definitely think that's the way you go. Like Maybe like they just nip this Cody thing in the bud at, uh, at the Genesis show and maybe they have Jake get the win over him 
Uh, I, I don't see them pinning Joe Daring, Joe Daring already. Um, so I definitely think that maybe, or, or maybe Cody gets the win over Tommy Dreamer. You know, I, I like I can't see Dreamer booking himself to, you know, to. to I mean, he he obviously got to win, but you know, I, I don't like as far as like this long term story going, you know, like s- s- semi long storytelling that they got going on with uh with, with Cody and Jake. Uh, maybe Tommy Dreamer take the pin in that six way match if that if that's the route they're going, but. Uh, we we definitely gonna see, David. We gonna hold our hopes out for um for for cousin Jake push. We go to our main event of the evening: Machine Gun Carl Anderson versus Chris Saban with Alex Shelley in his corner. Um, the match starts with some real like classic mat wrestling. Um, a lot of technical submissions, etc. But uh, Carl Anderson very soon gets the advantage. We see him picture in picture, Kenny Omega and Don Callis on their bus watching on. Um, Anderson launches Sabin hard into the corner and keeps on going for the eyes. He keeps attacking the eyes and each time the referee gives him the five count. But he does this like three or four times. Um, Sabin has a burst of momentum, but Anderson immediately comes back by sweeping his legs and sending him crashing face first into the apron. After the commercials, Anderson is still grinding down on Sabin, just wearing him down. Um, Sabin tries to make a bit of a comeback. Both start running the ropes and they inadvertently collide heads. And this actually allows Sabin to start to get the advantage a bit. He Follows up with a series of clotheslines, followed by a crossbody off the top. And then Saban gets Anderson on his shoulders, but Anderson slips out and attempts the gun stun, but isn't able to hit it. There's a tornado DDT for a near fall from Sabin. Um, they both start to deliver blows. The, it, the pace of the match really picks up here. They're both trading punches. They both hit uh, kind of simultaneous running clotheslines to each other twice Anderson catches Saban with a spine buster for a near fall goes for the gun stun again but Saban counters it into a backslide for a two and then Anderson rolls up Saban with the schoolboy and grabs the tights to secure the win now before we go into the post-match what did you think of the actual match itself so I'm not gonna lie to you. Like when, like I, I was kind of expecting, you know, something big to happen at the end. So I was kind of like waiting for that to happen. Like the whole match, I was like, "What's gonna happen after the match? What's gonna happen after the match?" But just the match itself, uh, I, I think, I think Saban and, and Carl Anderson kind of work well together. I think they have a, you know, a bit of a a, a, a solid dynamic between each other. But like, I, I, mo- most of my focus was kind of like, okay. What is about to happen after this? And I'm going uh, to let, let you tell the rest of that. Yeah, I I, I thought this match was pretty good, um, especially the, the latter part of the match. They, Yeah, I, it was nice to see Carl Anderson kind of work singles as well because we've mm. only really seen his his WWE stuff recently and then obviously his um, Talk and Shop Mania joke matches or tag team matches so it's nice to just see mm-hmm. kind of the machine gun go out there and have a singles match and i i quite enjoyed his match with page at the weekend as well um so i thought this was pretty good and this was one of the kind of cheating wins that i'll forgive tonight because it it did very much lead to the post-match so as Anderson, another, another bq 
it wasn't a DQ. It was cheating, but it wasn't a DQ. Thank, <laughs> thank God. After the match, Rich Swan comes out to confront Carl Anderson and is kind of shouting at him. He's going like, "What? Well, why are you doing that? You you don't need to win that way. You're you're better than that." And we see Omega and Callis in the bus, and Kenny says it that it's time for the champ to go out there. The argument between Anderson and Swan continues to the backstage area and Anderson punches Swan, knocking him to the floor. Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley then run out for the save, but out of nowhere, Doc Gallows, supposedly injured, comes and attacks them and then Kenny Omega comes in to join in the attack. Kenny then grabs the AEW title and stands over a fallen rich Swan. And says that this is what a real world title looks like. As he's he's just pushing the title into his face. He tells Swan that this may be your house. You may be a champion. But as long as you're a wrestler, you're in my house. And you're just living in it. Kenny then says that it's time to reform the Bullet Club. And yes, does say the Bullet Club. And Don Callis says that as EVP, he is going to make it official. And at Hard to Kill, it will be Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. And Omega closes the show by doing his classic goodbye and good night bang. And you see the Bullet Club with Don Callis standing tall. This was a great closing segment. Really enjoyed it. And in the announcement of the six-man tag that we're going to get at Hard to Kill, um, I, I think a lot of people have really been anticipating some type of, uh, what, you, you know, I mean, well, you know, you could say I mean, Bullet Club is still going in, in New Japan. Like, it, it never stopped. But, you know, I think it's, it's cool to kind of see, you know, that mix of Kenny and, you know, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson kind of get back together. And I think this is going to be maybe this is going to be like a caveat of sorts for us to get rich versus Kenny. Like this is just a little a little snippet of that. And maybe they should have like I think it's going to be one of those things where they kind of really build up to Rich and Kenny being in the same ring together. Like even when that match happens, I don't think it's going to be something that's going to happen right away. I think that's going to be something that they say for like the final 10 minutes of the match and then we we just gonna get like maybe just a little taste of it and then we're gonna get the the real thing maybe at a revolution pay-per-view in february where they probably do a double title match or something like that that's just a thought but like um yeah i, I think this segment was well done um i i, I found it kind of funny when i saw don Callis trying to like throw up the gun sign and he, he, looked like he had no he, he looked like he had absolutely no clue what he was doing he was like yeah just in the background holding the title like yeah kid let's do it and uh, yeah, man, I, I, you can tell um, Gallows and Anderson they're 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 excited to do this with with Omega, and you know we'll 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 see what this uh what, what this takes us. Um, I'm pretty sure you got some you got some thoughts and you got some opinions about where where it could lead to. But uh, Dave, what did you think overall about the the segment, and you know, of course, your ideas about what was going to come after this? Yeah, I, I really liked the segment. I thought it it saved what I thought was a pretty bad show. To be honest, uh, I think it. It still will get people buzzing tomorrow uh, and will be newsworthy. So I think it it will kind of do impact okay with that. Um, and I, I do like the idea of the six man. I think I think the curiosity of just seeing Kenny wrestle for impact will be enough to get them 
a fairly good buy rate for hard to kill and i think you can push off that singles match for another pay-per-view down the line whether it is an AEW pay-per-view or another impact one um i think it's a good idea to not go with that match right away and to build it up with the sort of reformation of the bullet club um should we be reading into anything that they called it the bullet club like i as far as i'm aware isn't that kind of owned by new japan um yeah that's so that, whether that, there's that, some that, sort that, of that agreement is, there that, that is definitely an interesting point you brought up well i, I like uh, like I, maybe it's just something that they just you know just, just let out like I, I can't see like this elite versus bullet club thing happening to go with this bullet club usa versus bullet club japan i, I, I just can't see it like panning out because like yeah I, I think it's just too many elements within that to make that kind of work especially with the you know the, the 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 covid restrictions and stuff like that as far as travel goes and new japan got their own stuff going on and it, it, it's, it's like i don't i think it was just something that you know just happened to be like happenstance like they just mentioned you know bullet club because i mean dot dot gallows uh and carl were original members or, or doc was an original member one of the other ways around carl, uh, yeah. one of them would have yeah carl was the original member in there so yeah man like i don't think it was like anything too like to, to look into too much but like you said earlier like it's it, it like i think it's gonna be one of those things for now going on it's gonna be oh should we be paying attention to that should we look at that so i, I think that makes it exciting overall what i also really liked about this is um th- all the other kenny segments we've seen have felt very taped they've been enjoyable but they have felt taped and then kind of shoehorned in the show Whereas this this finally felt like Impact and AEW have met. I think even having Cole Anderson in the bus with Kenny, you're so used to seeing them together anyway that it doesn't kind of feel special. But now you've actually seen Kenny with Rich Swan, with Sabin and Shelley. It it feels like the invasion's finally started now. You know what I mean? Um, so I, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I, I thought this let, was a great closing angle for the show. Let, let me get a prediction out of you, Davey. So do you think, well, of course, I think this is going to be a way to carry on the, the Good Brothers and uh, Motor City Machine Guns feud. Do you think that we get some type of, I mean, what, I, I think a tag title match is obviously going to come out of this, but do, do you think it would be just for, for, for the overall story going forward and i'm just talking about for this AEW impact thing and i think people have mentioned the idea and thrown out the idea out there of the young bucks and the good brothers coming into contact at some point do you think is it's for the best that the good brothers remain impact world tag team champions just for the foreseeable future yeah yeah probably i think so um i, I think it makes them feel a bigger deal and I can definitely see them being on AEW TV and I think them just carrying those titles around visually looks better. Um, I also do see Kenny eventually taking the Impact title and, you know, you got Moose there with the TNA Championship. He then can legitimately be like, I am the the champion here, you know? So you could mm. kind of then legitimize the TNA Championship again so you still have a champion at impact while Kenny's walking around and kind of taking that impact championship hostage. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think there are so many options. Um, just out of interest, how how did you watch uh, Impact tonight? Was it on TV or did you watch the Twitch stream? Yeah, I, I watched the Twitch. I watched the Twitch stream, and it, it, one thing that I found really interesting about that was uh, when Melissa Santos. <laughs> That's just, what I was gonna like, say. <laughs> <laughs> she she kept talking about the um the the, the haters and stuff like that, but like. <laughs> I, she like she like constantly constantly mentioned it, and I was like, well, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I don't think that's something that she needs to keep bringing up. But like, one one, one positive thing uh, from this was that she was just talking about how the stream was like, and then the chat room was like constantly moving just because it was so many viewers, and then it sounded like that was something that she wasn't. I don't want to say used to it, like you know, downplay impact, but it just sounded like something that really caught her by surprise. Following last week, because I don't think she was on the Twitch stream last week, so she was just talking about how surprised she was at how fast the chat was moving, how many people were interacting. So that was cool to see, man. Like impact is really gaining a lot of viewership from this partnership, but I'm, I'm curious to see how long it holds up because I'm sure that although um, you know this is really helping impact, I'm pretty sure AEW probably wants some of that. You know, they probably want a, a, a little piece of that, too, as far as like this, you know, the, this crossover uh, stuff goes as far as on their television. So it's going to be uh, we, we we will see, sir. We definitely will see. Yeah, I I wanted to bring up the Twitch thing. Um, I, I watched it on Twitch as well this week. And so basically, whenever it goes to commercial breaks, Melissa Santos is like fielding the chat room. And um, a lot of the talk was possible dream matches so she was asking the chat room kind of what dream matches you want to see so it uh, it feels like it's definitely something we're going to get is is multiple sort of dream matches coming up between AEW and Impact but it was quite funny because there were a lot of trolls or haters as she was saying in the room and Mm. she was kind of going back and forth with them a bit (laughs) and unfortunately I I kind of found that more in exciting than a lot of the show tonight which is mm. a bad thing to say about the show you know they be shooting he's shooting yeah i you need to come out of these <laughs> i didn't mind last week's but you need like impact needs people to come out of this show and talk about impact you shouldn't be coming out of impact and the only thing you're talking about is kenny omega who's from a different show you know mm. and I, I don't think they did a good enough job this week i thought the the women's tag was good i thought it i think they're capable of better and i thought the same with the main event here as well and it it goes back to us saying we don't know kind of how much was taped before and whatever but i really hope come the new year that they kind of just go balls to the wall and and really throw out some Stop watching Raw. Stop doing these stupid DQ and distraction finishes. Like, give us finishes. Give us decent matches because you've got the talent there. And I, I really want Impact to do well. And I don't want to just see it. People, oh, I'll, I'll watch it on YouTube tomorrow. I'll find the Kenny stuff online tomorrow. I don't want people doing yeah. that. I want for the betterment of just wrestling as a whole. Because WWE sucks right now. Main roster sucks. And there are other options out there. And I, I want Impact to be good. I want AEW to be good. And and I, I don't think they delivered tonight for me. So, like, one, one thing that I was thinking about uh, before we like uh, before we started recording as the show was going on, I was like, maybe, like, maybe it's not a good thing for Impact to be, like, 
so reliant on on AEW, and and and, and again, it's only beginning. They're not. I want to say they it's like solely reliant because it's only beginning. Their uh, impact is obviously getting the the uh, a lot of the bread to begin with um, for this story. But I think over the the coming weeks, and you know, as they start to get get their next round of tapers together, I think it's important that Impact starts creating television that is important outside of this AEW thing that's going on because the AEW thing is very exciting. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing it. It's cool as hell. I like to watch it. I like speculating about, um, you know, the possible dream matches, et cetera, et cetera. But I think Impact, they need to really, like, hone in on how to have people really hooked in on their storylines outside of this. Because I feel like a lot of people were waiting for this Kenny Omega, Rishwan uh, interaction or, um, you know, the, the, the Carl Anderson and the Kenny Omega stuff and what that could possibly lead to. So, like, I, I think, like, again, Impact just needs to take this time and you know really think about like okay outside of this AEW stuff let's get people like really hooked in and invested on some of our title programs and what we got going on and, and i think the solid one that they have going on right now is the uh the rich uh uh chris bay and uh it, not the rich but the uh the chris bay um rohit raju and uh manic storyline slash tjp and uh the, of course the knockouts uh tag title tournament which i think is going to be a uh, a, a great match if they uh, go through with the the Jazz and Jordan Graves versus Kier Hogan Natasha Steels. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think when I got back into wrestling because I, I took a break for a few years, it was when I heard The Rock was coming back, and I tuned in to watch The Rock, and then I stuck around because of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, and now I do a podcast on wrestling, you know? And I I feel that's that's definitely what AEW need to do. Uh, sorry, Impact need to do. They need to take that opportunity. And I feel most fans of AEW who are watching Impact, AEW fans are fans of wrestling, of good matches. AEW never gives us DQs, never gives us distraction finishes. I mean, sometimes a distraction finish, but you pretty much get a clean finish and a result every match you get on AEW TV. And I, I think Impact could definitely learn from that moving forwards. Um, well, that brings us to a close for this week's Impact. I think over the next couple of weeks, we'll probably not be doing one of these because they seem to be doing best of uh, like award shows, compilation shows. But um, I think this is going to be a very week to week basis. We'll kind of see what we're both doing and, uh, if there's interest in Impact and whether we do a show or not. But uh, I doubt this will be the last one we do, Andrew, but um, we'll probably have a little break for the holidays, I imagine. Yeah, man, I, I definitely do enjoy it. It's always cool reviewing something, uh, reviewing something different, man, opposed to, like, the, like I think I always enjoy, like, doing, like, focusing solely on one show. Like, I don't really get to do a lot of these as far as like doing one show like, i always kind of do like the roundup and like recapping everything that's going on so it was kind of cool to you know do these this two week stint and i definitely think it's going to be the last one we do impact got some big uh the, the big shows to start off the year with genesis and uh hard to kill so maybe you will see myself and uh davy portman back again maybe maybe uh what else do you have coming up andrew um you've got a few shows coming out this week yeah man i got a couple podcast that i did uh this week um uh, myself uh phil Lindsay and uh righteous Ridge, who was uh who was recently on uh martin and i's podcast uh we, we all did a, like 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 a three hour two two hour f- for 40 minute podcast uh recapping uh 
Reg's um, Black Wrestling uh, Award Show and, and and winners from that. That was a really that was really something cool, man. Especially for those um, wrestling fans in the Black community, man. I think that was really something special that Reg put together. So shout out to them for doing that. Always putting on for Black wrestlers and uh, Black fans who 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 like tuning into professional wrestling. So I think that was something solid. And um, I'm pretty sure I got some uh, other stuff going on this week. But like my brain is like a blur right now, <laughs> just like the entire 2020. So if I'm forgetting, oh yeah, oh how could I forget this, man? Jesus. Uh, but myself and Martin are recording a, a new episode of Bush being Thompson's wrestling adventure with uh with Sonal, um, Sonal Lad. I'm very excited to have her on, man. And we're going to be talking uh, New Japan for wrestling, uh, New Japan's uh, King of Pro Wrestling from 2016 uh, that was headlined by uh, Mira Fuji versus Kazusuke Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Title. And of course, that was the one that led to. Uh, Kenny Omega coming out and confronting Okada, and that led to that uh, very special match that they had at the 2017 Wrestle Kingdom. So that's what we got on the slate for the week. I'm excited to have Sanal on and make sure everybody check it out. Just feels like you're doing shows with Brits these days. I think I think we've won you over, have yeah. we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking forward to listening to that one, Andrew. Um, I'll be back uh, Wednesday night. To, probably tonight by the time you're listening to this with another episode of up next with Braden Harrington uh this week's NXT headlined by Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunne which I'm really looking forward to this week mm. um you can watch us live at 10 20 p.m eastern time on twitch.tv forward slash up next podcast or just wait for the show to be in your podcast app uh we've got a free review of triple mania from last Saturday up on the Up Next feed. And then coming up on the Patreon, we have our first Christmas movie review of the year where we're looking at the Christmas horror film Krampus starring Tony Collette and Adam Scott. Uh, that's coming out this Friday. And then this Sunday, we've got the Watch Along and Post Show for WWE's TLC pay-per-view. Again, twitch.tv forward slash up next podcast um bunch of shows on the patreon we've got more christmas movie reviews coming out with black christmas we have our best of uh 2020 part one coming up at the end of the month where we'll be looking at numbers 10 to 6 of our best matches of the year as voted by you um so much more we'll be having the christmas show with john and way uh the best of worst of with them as well and we will also be dropping a little surprise Christmas present for free on Christmas Day. So all of that to look forward to. Check out patreon.com forward slash up next to see what else we have on there. We're always recording. I don't have a job anymore. So I just record every single day and lots and lots yeah. of content for you guys. Um, any final words, Andrew? I want everybody to go uh, check out Davey Portman streaming Uncharted, Uncharted on Twitch. <laughs> My man is killing it right now. I, 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 th I thoroughly enjoyed the stream, but mostly come for the chat so you can see me and John Cena going back and forth. Yeah, we, we just have, uh, we were talking about movies today. I've been playing a, a bit of Uncharted 4. <laughs> Great game. I love the series. I'm trying to get it finished because I'm pretty sure I'm getting Last of Us Part 2 for Christmas. Um, there we go. So yeah, check out that. We won't keep you any longer, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you all soon. Take care. Be safe. Good night. And ahoy!
You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Hey there, BreezeLine has a holiday gift just for you. One month of free internet for all your family's gift sites, book flights, and movie nights. Get reliable, fast internet with speeds starting at 100 megabits per second for just $19.99 a month. Plus, free Wi-Fi your way home for the first 12 months. And your first month is free. BreezeLine wishes you all a happy and bright holiday season. If only they could give you a little holiday relief from all the matching family outfits. Service subject to availability. New residential customers in select areas only. Visit BreezeLine.com for complete offer details.